Hello, this is Denise, welcoming you to the 2361st edition of the Enfield Talking Newspaper, dateline the 5th of October 2023. The readers this week are myself, Denise, Roz, Angela, with Bill on the controls. Editing, production and distribution is by the team. Our title music is Country Rock Polka, composed by Pat Prilly, Fernand Bouillon, Harry Brewer. It is performed by Jean-Jacques Perry and is used with his kind permission. The local news stories that we'll be reading come from the Enfield Independent and the Enfield Dispatch and are their copyright. For week beginning the 9th of October, the sunrise time is 07.13 and the sunset time is 18.20. We also have some special notices from Enfield Vision and Enfield Home Library Service. So here is an extra note from uh, the Enfield Vision regarding the October drop-in. So on Thursday the 19th of October, Enfield Vision is holding a focus day at Community House 3114 Street N9 OPZ from 10am till 2pm. This means there will be no drop-in morning on Thursday the 19th of October at the Park Avenue Centre. And to continue with Enfield Vision, we are a group of visually impaired people determined to improve the environment and to reduce the everyday problems of blind and partially sighted people. We are registered with the Charity Commission as an organisation with the specific aim of promoting the well-being of visually impaired people living in Enfield. We hold a drop-in morning on the third Thursday in each month from 10am to 1pm at Park Avenue Resource Centre, Bushill Park, Enfield. Our exercise classes are now running again and here are the next upcoming dates. Thursday the 19th of October and Thursday the 16th of November. For further information, please contact us on 0208 373-6260. I'll repeat that. That's 0208-373-6260. Or you may email on information at enfieldvision.org.uk. And now we have a notice from the Enfield Home Library Service. Did you know that Enfield has a home library service? This means that if mobility, disability or caring responsibilities make it difficult for you to visit the library, then we can bring the library to you and there's no charge. The home library is run in conjunction with the Royal Voluntary Service who vet and manage our volunteers. You tell us the sort of thing you like to read and we will select books for you and deliver them to your home once every four weeks. As well as ordinary print titles, we have audio books on CD and large print titles. There are also a limited number available in different languages. Separately, the Enfield Home Library Service offers assistance with digital library content, so we can help you get to grips with borrowing e-books or audio books from the library to read or listen to on a phone or tablet. For more information or to see if you can sign up for this service, email enfield.hls at royalvoluntaryservice.org.uk. That's enfield.hls at royalvoluntaryservice.org.uk. Or call Shona Tivan on 07826. 511094. That's 07826 511094. Do get in touch with us to share your own news and special announcements. We love to hear from you. If you have any comments about the Enfield Talking newspaper, please phone Diane de Jersey on 07899 854. 582. That's 07899 854582. She is your listener's representative and will be pleased to help you. And now Roz will read the lead story.
armed Met officer who shot a man dead in prison breakout to face misconduct hearing. A Met firearms officer who killed a man during a foiled prison breakout will face misconduct proceedings, a watchdog has announced. Jermaine Baker of Tottenham was shot during a Metropolitan Police operation that thwarted a plot to snatch two prisoners from a van near Woodgreen Crown Court in December 2015. The Met said the officer, known only as W8O, was part of a firearms team sent to intercept a car containing a group who were attempting to free a criminal from custody. An an imitation firearm was found in that car. The Independent Office for Police Conduct, IOPC, said the officer, known only as W8O, will now face a gross misconduct hearing for his role in the 28-year-old's death. And this follows a Supreme Court ruling earlier this year that held the officer could, could face misconduct proceedings. IOPC Acting Director General Tom Whiting said this case has been through protracted legal proceedings which have been extremely challenging for everyone involved, not least W.A.T.O. himself and of course Jermaine's family. We have now upheld our original decision that W.A.T.O. should face a gross misconduct hearing. This isn't a decision we have taken lightly, but we believe it was the right decision in 2015 and remains so following the clear ruling from the Supreme Court in July. The IOPC said it has asked the Metropolitan Police to consider asking another force to hold the hearing to provide additional reassurance about the independence of the process. Mr Baker's mother, Margaret Smith, welcomed the IOPC decision and said the family strongly support the request for another force to conduct proceedings, criticising Sir Mark for, cap- for catapulting the firearms officer's demands for impunity. She said, The Commissioner's position seriously calls into question whether when push comes to shove, he and the MPS, that's the Metropolitan Police Service, as an organisation, have the will or the ability, in Jermaine's case and others, to hold his officers to account for misconduct. The Met said it was reviewing the IOPC decision and considering next steps, including seeking legal advice over the request for another force. Deputy Commissioner Lynn Owen said, We do not accept that our wider call for support and legal reassurance for arms officers impinges upon our independence, nor the impartiality of the misconduct hearing. Prosecutors initially decided not to bring criminal charges against the marksman in 2017, but subsequently the IOPC directed the force should bring disciplinary proceedings against the officer for gross misconduct. That decision was quashed by the High Court in August 2019 after it was challenged by Officer W.A.T.O., but the Court of Appeal overturned that ruling in October 2020 after the IOPC brought another appeal. A public inquiry in July 2022 found Mr Baker had been lawfully killed but said police made numerous failures in the planning and execution of that operation. In July of this year... The Supreme Court upheld that Court of Appeals ruling and dismissed an appeal by Officer W.A.T.O. who was supported by the Met. Mr Baker was among a group of men trying to free Izzet Erin and his co-defendant as they were transported from Roma Scrubs to be sentenced for a firearms offence. North Mid excluded from final Superloop route proposal. A new express bus service through Enfield is set to launch later this year, but will not serve North Middlesex Hospital, despite pleas from local NHS bosses and Enfield Council. Transport for London, TfL, confirmed last month that the Superloop 1, S1, the Superloop route between North Finchley and Walthamstow, via Arnus Grove, Palmer's Green and Edmonton, would be introduced within a few months after receiving largely positive feedback during the summer consultation period. A report produced summarising the consultation responses showed that 79% of respondents said that the new service would be more convenient for them. 76% thought it would be quicker and 71% said they would be more likely to replace a journey by car with the new express bus service.
But that report also reveals that Enfield Council, North Middlesex University Hospital Trust, Enfield Transport User Group, London Assembly member Joanne McCartney and Campaign Group Future Transport London all urge TfL to include a superloop stop at North Middlesex Hospital and that plea was ignored. Of concerns raised during the consultation, the lack of, the lack of a stop at the Edmonton Hospital was second only to concerns raised about a reduction in the frequency of the existing 34 bus service which follows a similar route to the proposed S1. In response to concerns about the 34, TfL agreed not to reduce the frequency of services in the evening. It has now also included additional stop locations at Meridian Water to better serve the development and provide improved pedestrian access, plus new stops in Chingford and Walthamstow. A stop in Palmer's Green was added to the route prior to the consultation, while other stops within the borough of Enfield include New South Gate, Arnos Grove and Silver Street stations. The latter is intended as a connection for North Mid, but the NHS Trust warned the proposed bus stop at Silver Street does not currently present a safe route to walk between the train station and the hospital. Enfield Council also described Silver Street Station as being a considerable distance from the hospital and raised concerns about delayed plans for a new pedestrian crossing at Stirling Way near the overground station. The council also suggested adding a stop at Great Cambridge Roundabout so the Superloop service could connect to other buses heading into central London, but, TfL said... This would significantly slow down the route, which is designed to provide a much faster journey time along the North Circular. London Mayor Sadiq Khan said, It is great to see large numbers of Londoners saying these new routes could replace private car journeys, offering even more sustainable transport options and helping to build a better, fairer, greener London for all. Labour and Tory councillors have clashed over a deepening housing crisis that has seen homeless families from Enfield being sent to live in Leeds and Manchester. The row came after the Conservative opposition group proposed measures to improve the council's existing housing stock and boost the delivery of new homes during a full council meeting on Wednesday, September 27th. The council had been criticised for its handling of safety concerns at the Shires estate in Edmonton, where two 18-storey blocks were found to be at risk of collapse in the event of a gas explosion. Plans to switch off the gas supply had to be brought forward urgently after a leak and residents are now being moved out. The Tories claimed the council had failed to ensure its homes were well maintained and criticised delays to the Meridian Water Regeneration Scheme. Labour hit back, attacking the Conservative government for fuelling the housing crisis and failing to provide enough funding for councils to build and manage homes. It comes amid a housing crisis sparked by the collapse of the borough's private rental sector that has led to hundreds of homeless families staying in bed and breakfast, B&B accommodation. The council is now moving families out of London and the south-east to plug a £20 million hole in its budget caused by escalating spending on B&Bs. Tory proposals included a review of housing stock and making it available to the public, undertaking rolling condition surveys and prioritising moving tenants out of failing properties. The opposition group also called for clarity on the use of proposed modular homes and rooftop extensions to boost housing supply, as well as a greater focus on brownfield sites. They also called for the replacement of Cabinet Member for Social Housing, George Saver, with someone whose ability might enjoy the confidence of more councillors within the Chamber. 
Shadow Cabinet Member for Housing Lee Chamberlain said recent events had made it crystal clear that the council was failing to properly manage its housing properties. Claiming the authority was being driven by events rather than anticipating them, he added, only by understanding the condition of the properties we have in the borough can we reliably plan for their maintenance and, in some cases, replacement. Councillor Chamberlain called for the council to create a clear plan and be upfront with residents about housing maintenance and delivery. In response, Council Leader Nessil Kalaskan attacked the disastrous mini-budget of Liz Truss's administration for pushing up interest rates and said the local Conservative group had consistently opposed the borrowing needed to fund building and estate regeneration projects. The council leader said borrowing was needed because the government had underinvested in housing and was not providing local authorities with grant money. Labour members voted in favour of their leader's rejection of the opposition business paper the Conservatives voted against. Three Enfield schools contain unsafe concrete. Three schools in Enfield contain the type of concrete prone to collapse that last month caused a nationwide building safety crisis. St Ignatius College in Bulls Cross, Winchmore School in Winchmore Hill and Ark John Keats Academy in Enfield Wash all identified reinforced autoclaved aerated concrete, that's rack, but none have been forced to close. The concrete material used in the construction of schools and other public buildings from the 1950s to the 1990s has a lifespan of about 30 years. And shortly before the start of the autumn school term, the Department for Education told 104 schools to stop using buildings known to contain rack until safety measures had been put in place. It was said that more than 50 schools had already installed mitigations for this year. St Ignatius College, a voluntary aided secondary school, was included in an initial DEF list of affected schools and the council later confirmed Winchmore School, a state secondary school, also had rack. But two weeks later, Ark John Keats became the third school confirmed as having rack. A a council spokesman said the health and safety of staff and pupils is our top priority and Enfil Council has been working closely with all local schools to identify whether they have been affected by the recent issues with RAC. Winchmore School has identified RAC in a small part of the school in the changing room and corridor ceilings between the changing room and the sports hall. This area has now been been sealed off for some time and there is no danger to staff and pupils. St Ignatius College has identified rack in different parts of their school, but this is also in an area of the school that has been sealed off. This situation continues to unfold and Enfield Council will continue to work closely with all our local schools to support them as fully as possible through this challenging period. John Keats, Principal Katie Marshall said, Unfortunately, there are rack panels in the sports hall walls which are extremely low risk. Demands to tackle illegal car meets as residents are blighted by noise. Cars modified with exhausts sound like gunfire. Action to tackle illegal car meets along the A10 is being demanded amid late-night noise pollution and speeding issues along the road that a local MP says are blighting the lives of residents. Coliseum Retail Park in Southbury, beside the A10 dual carriageway, is one of the sites regularly being used as a meeting point for drivers late at night to show off their cars, usually modified with loud exhausts that can create sounds like gunfire. The events feature young drivers skidding their cars around in circles or donuts in the car park before often racing each other along the A10. Bushill Park councillor James Hockney recently submitted a petition to Transport for London calling for additional speed cameras along the A10, but says illegal car meets, particularly at Coliseum Retail Park, are also a significant menace and noise nuisance for local residents. 
The Conservative councillor says there is a plan to install concrete blocks and bollards throughout the car park, which would deter illegal activity at night while still allowing shoppers to park during the day. However, Councillor Hockney has been frustrated with delays to the plan being implemented in recent months. He told the dispatch, It is simply unacceptable that we still do not have measures in place to curtail the car meets and dangerous driving at this location. I have been very concerned about any delays to measures that will protect public safety. Coliseum Retail Park is due to be redeveloped for housing in the new future, but it appears the development has stalled amid rising construction costs. The retail park's management is said to have been supportive of the proposed measures to prevent illegal car meets. Councillor Hockney added, To tackle the noise and speeding on the A10 and the car meets taking place in the car parks and business parks across the borough means that there are many different organisations involved, all of whom need to play their part. We are outraged that residents are blighted by this illegal activity in Enfield. The Metropolitan Police is planning its own series of measures to tackle the issue. A spokesman said, Officers have been developing a robust strategy to deal with the dangerous and reckless actions of those who have been attending these car meets. There have been some good results to date with the usage of CCTV footage, enabling officers to close off the area and order people to leave. Vehicles that have been observed committing offences are stopped and processed under the Section 59 of the Police Reform Act. Officers will continue to act in this manner until the message is clear. It will not be tolerated and we will take the cars from those who are irresponsible and risking the safety of others. Enfield North MP Ferriel Clark said, The problem of car racing along the A10 and Mollerton Avenue is blighting the lives of our residents. I continue to receive complaints about the misery it is causing. I will work with the residents and local police every step of the way to try to put a stop to this dangerous antisocial activity. An Enfield councillor spokesperson added, We are outraged that residents are being blighted by this illegal activity in Enfield. The council is productively working with landowners to make modifications to their car parks to prevent car stunts and other antisocial behaviour. The council currently has public space protection orders, known as PSPOs, in specific hotspots, which give us and the police more powers to intervene, but over coming months we will consult on a borough-wide PSPO to tackle this scourge. Two public meetings on tackling A10 racing and car meets are taking place on Tuesday, the 3rd of October, from 7.30 at the Wheatsheaft Hall Main Avenue Bushill Park and on Monday, the 9th of October, from 7.30 at St Peter's Church, Vera Avenue, Grange Park, N21, 1DN. Now we have an item on Enfield's leisure centres. Enfield Council has announced it is ditching one leisure provider in favour of another. Fusion Lifestyles contract to run Enfield's leisure centres and swimming pools will end on the 3rd of December 2023, after an agreement was reached to end their deal. A new provider, Greenwich Leisure Limited, GLL, will take over the running of the borough's facilities under its brand name, Better. The move follows concerns raised by the council earlier this year over how Fusion was running local leisure facilities. A council report published in May stated Fusion's finances had been severely affected by the pandemic and that since December last year, Albany, Edmonton and Southbury Leisure Centres had experienced a significant number of maintenance faults that have impacted on the availability of the swimming pools. Chinelo Anianwu, the Council's Cabinet Member for Culture, Open Spaces and Local Economy, said, 
We are working with GLL to ensure that there is a seamless transition so that staff and users of our leisure centres are not impacted by the change of provider. We will also invite community groups who use these facilities to meet with GLL to discuss arrangements going forward. Enfield Council is committed to improving leisure and sports opportunities for local people. Deputy to step up to cover council leader. This is a good news story, folks. Ergin Erbel is expected to lead Enfield Council temporarily next year as current leader Nestle Kaliskan takes maternity leave. The current deputy is set to cover the leader's role in addition to his own responsibilities with the support of cabinet members. Councillor Erbil is expected to assume the role for the months of January and February, although Councillor Kaliskan will remain statutory leader of the authority. Councillor Erbil, who represents Edmonton Greenward, was appointed deputy leader in May last year after Ian Barnes decided not to stand for re-election and councillors made arrangements for the leader's absence during a full council meeting on Wednesday, September the 27th, when they agreed a report proposing to increase in the deputy's special responsibilities allowance in recognition of the extra responsibilities. According to the report, Labour councillor Nia Stevens said it filled a gap in the council's paperwork as there had previously been no specific provisions for the leader's maternity leave. She added that the new provisions would align Enfield Council with the spirit of the 2010 Equalities Act and pointed out that they would allow deputy to take a temporary leave of absence from their own employment and give the role of the leader the attention it so, ne so dearly deserves. The report makes provision for a period of absence for all or part of the leader's duties for a period of up to six months. Conservative opposition group leader Alessandro Giorgio congratulated Councillor Kaliskan and her husband on their news and he said that the report showed how far politics and local government had come in regard to maternity rights, adding that it was genuinely a very good step for us to be taking as a local authority. Councillor Georgiou continued, It reminds us that no matter what end of the political, political spectrum you come from, family is the most important thing. And this is quite right in allowing colleagues who do become leaders of the council to spend their right amount of time with their children because they are the ones who come first. The report was unanimous, unanimously agreed by council members. And now an article about North London Hospice. And there was a picture of a happy, smiling Barry, who's a musician, who's going to feature in this article. And he's wearing a really lovely triple shade of grey tracksuit and a silver chain and a big smile. So the title is Enjoying Life Again. To mark Hospice Care Week from the 9th to the 15th of October... Alison Moore from North London Hospice spoke to musician Barry about his experience there. Hospice care comes in many forms. For Barry, our music therapy and breath, breathless fatigue groups have helped him realise that life is still there for, for the living. As a musician, the front man and drummer in a reggae band for many years, Barry brings an infectious and encouraging passion to the weekly music therapy group at North London Hospice in Winchmore Hill, home of our outpatient and well-being services. He has even had the most reserved attendees tapping their feet or picking up a tambourine and joining in. I love that class, says the 55-year-old father of seven from Enfield. It gives a real sense of confidence, inclusion and encourages expression. It gets you out of the house and gives us all something to do that doesn't revolve around medical appointments. You can just be in the moment. Every week, everyone that attends lives feeling better than they arrived. Diagnosed four years ago, Barry is living with chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, emphysema, also known as COPD, which in the last two years has unfortunately seen his breathing deteriorate. It was in December 2022, after being admitted to intensive care with breathing difficulties for the third time, that the hospice support was recommended. I was very frightened. 
It was scary for my family too, but my body just wasn't working and I knew North London Hospice would look after me. They'd have the care facilities and the expertise to help, but they've given me so much more. Sometimes you need to talk to someone other than your family, and they are always there if I need to talk. They make me feel that everything is okay. The hospice has been my well-being and my best support. Our specialist team provide individualised care planning that always tries to help patients achieve the best of life at the end of life. In Barry's case, this involves regular home visits by specialist nurses who monitor his medication and have helped him manage his anxiety and bi-weekly visits from our physiotherapist, Rob, who takes him for walks to build and maintain strength. Barry says, he always encourages me just to go that little bit further. I've made real progress, thanks to Rob. Barry also attends our breathlessness and fatigue sessions, which have given him coping strategies and help him to continue to sing. My condition means I often struggle for breath. There are six or seven people at each session who are going through the same or similar things as me, and that makes me feel like I am not alone. The sessions have provided me with techniques on how to cope in situations if I panic or get out of breath. Barry has six sons and a daughter and is once again able to make music with one of his sons. I've played the drums since the boys' brigade, and it makes me happy to still be able to play and make music with my son. I do it in stages, and he puts it all together. He adds, The support of the hospice has been a lifesaver to me. My world was crumbling around me, and I was at the risk of becoming a hermit. The care they are giving me has given me the confidence to be my extrovert self once again. They've made me realise that I can still live my life. I just can't run around the blocks anymore. And if you're interested in finding out more about the support North London Hospice and the support that they can offer, an open afternoon is being held on Tuesday the 10th of October at 2pm. You can register your interest by going to visit bit.ly slash 3PHXFU9. Now, if you fancy getting out to enjoy yourself, the next couple of items might interest you. First of all, there's a musical adaptation of the 1985 Live Aid concert is set to premiere on the West End stage. The original event, held at London's Wembley Stadium and John F. Kennedy Stadium in Philadelphia in the US, was organised by Bob Geldof and Midge to raise funds for the Ethiopia famine relief. The musical, titled Just for One Day, will premiere at the Old Vic Theatre on January the 26th until March the 30th next year, 2024. The musical is being made with the permission of the Band-Aid Charitable Trust and tickets go on sale on Friday, October the 6th at midday. If uh, celebrating the tube is something you're interested in, then you might know the quickest way to change lines at Bank Station, but how big of a tube nerd are you really? The London Transport Museum is hosting two-time Tube World record holder and absolute self-confessed tube nerd Jeff Marshall for underground-based comedy, stories and games. Adult tickets for the event on Friday, October the 27th cost £22.50. Visit ltmuseum.co.uk forward slash what's on, which has a hyphen in the middle, forward slash Biggest hyphen tube hyphen nerd hyphen Jeff hyphen Marshall to book. Plans for student flats. Now, I'm an Arsenal supporter, but I'm still going to read this article for you. Tottenham Hotspur Football Club has drawn up revised plans for building student flats on the site of a former printworks near its stadium. The Premier League club wants to build 287 student bed spaces in blocks up to six storeys high at 819 to 829 Tottenham High Road. 
Spurs won permission for a residential development providing 72 homes, including 23 classed as affordable, together with a new cinema at the same site in January last year. But the revised plans would be instead provide purpose-built flats for students with 100 units comprising 35% of the overall scheme classed as affordable. The flats will be made up to 231 cluster bed units, which would include shared kitchens, living and dining spaces and 56 studios. This plan states that there is an undeniable demand for student accommodation in London and note that universities located within 40 minutes of the site include University of Middlesex, University College London, Queen Mary University of London, University of the Arts and City University. The Printwork scheme would also provide four flexible commercial units, but the club no longer plans to include a cinema. Residents can view and comment on the plans by visiting Harringay Council's planning portal and, inter- and enter- entering reference HGY 223-2306. Collective's Special School Fundraiser by Andy Kilmartin. Since arriving in London as a young man seeking fame and fortune, I've played Glastonbury's Pyramid Stage and the Isle of Wight Festival. While having Enfield as my base for the past 30 years, I have travelled to perform across the world, perhaps as the world's most unknown international rock star. At the end of my October, at the end of October, my band, the Andy Kilmartin Collective, is playing a fundraiser for Waverley School at Bushill Park Bowls Club, a beautiful setting in the heart of Enfield. Waverley is a special school in Enfield with 162 pupils across three three sites and two preschools, one of which supports pupils with autism. The main site is located in the Ride in Enfield Highway. Pupils who attend Waverley have complex and profound learning difficulties and often have a range of health and mobility needs. But the school celebrates each pupil's unique strengths and endeavours to help every pupil to be their very best. The school's vision is celebrating individuality by challenging expectations and sharing success. And this is embedded throughout what they do. Waverley works closely with a variety of health professionals to ensure health and therapy needs are incorporated into people's daily experiences. They have developed a bespoke curriculum and help students communicate effectively and learn about the world around them. Staff have a deep understanding of each child's motivators and interests, striving to create learning environments that not only meet their needs, but inspire and develop a sense of wonder. The Andy Kilmartin Collective has now been together for over five years, And the band includes some of the best musicians I've ever worked with in my lifetime. We are blessed to be able to play a fundraiser, blessed to be able to play a fundraiser for this local special school, which delivers a high level of service by a committed team of staff for the people of Enfield. The Andy Kilmartin Collective performs on Saturday the 28th of October from 8 to 11pm at Bushill Bowls Club, Abbey Road, Enfield, EN12QP. And to buy tickets for £10, please call 0208-805-1858. And now we have an item to get, get your taste buds singing. Uh, a new chain opens a new branch. Food lovers can explore the flavours of Africa with a chain opening its latest branch. Fresh from celebrating Nigerian Independence Day on Sunday, October the 1st, Tasty African Food launched its 27th branch in Lordship Lane on October the 2nd. 
Founded in Woolwich in 2000, the chain is extending an invitation to all food lovers, adventure seekers and culture enthusiasts to join it, whether they are a connoisseur of African cuisine or someone curious to explore the rich tapestry of flavours. Run by franchise owner Dolly Aleo, the restaurant will be serving recipes of traditional African dishes developed over 25 years. Dishes include jollof rice, a West African seasoned rice, a favourite cooked in spicy, smoky tomato stew. There's also fried rice, a medley of seasoned rice, vegetables, shrimp and liver pieces. Also on the menu are meat pies. And for those looking for a sweet treat, there is puff puff, a popular Nigerian snack deep fried similarly to doughnuts. Customers will be able to order by walking in or by delivery and click and collect through the Tasty African Food app, as well as Uber Eats and Deliveroo. The branch is at 22 Lordship Lane and opening times are 12pm to 9pm, Monday to Saturday. Modular homes on car parks could become temporary housing solution. Modular homes on car parks could become a solution to Enfield's homelessness crisis on the council's, as the council looks to slash spending on hotel rooms they use as temporary accommodation. The Civic Centre is set to spend £330,000 on studies to test the feasibility of modular housing, which is manufactured quickly off-site and can be assembled on vacant land, car parks and rooftops. It is one of a raft of initiatives designed to cut spending on bed and breakfast accommodation, including hotels, which the council acknowledges are inappropriate for families. Council has increasingly used the private rented sector to house homeless families in recent years because of a shortage of social housing in the borough. But soaring interest rates over the past 12 months have plunged the sector into crisis. As landlords decide to hike rents or sell up in response, Section 21 no-fault eviction rates in Enfield recently became the highest in London. As a result, hundreds of local families are now being housed in hotels and other types of B&B accommodation, often for months at end. This comes at a significant cost to the council and it is currently forecasting an unsubstantiated £17.8 million overspend on this year's temporary accommodation budget. According to reports presented to a meeting of the council's cabinet last month, housing a family in a hotel typically costs £45,000 £424 a year. But housing them in a modular home owned by the local authority would cost just £4,300 a year. Modular homes are built off-site and can be delivered with internal fittings already provided. They are lightweight, easy to transport and require only shallow foundations. The council says the homes can be installed on any car park using steel-framed stilts, meaning the car parks can still be used. It hopes to provide around 99 units by 2028 and 30 rooftop units by 2027 at a cost of £24,000. I apologise, £24.4 million. Other initiatives proposed by the council include adding extra storeys to existing temporary accommodation blocks, which can sometimes be done without full planning permission following changes by permitted development rights in 2020. Housing Gateway Limited, a council-owned company set up to acquire properties for use as affordable rented accommodation, is also looking to add around 350 new homes to its portfolio over the next five years. The council will continue to use vacant homes on housing estates that are awaiting regeneration, such as Joyce Avenue, Snells Park and an interim solution to the surge in homelessness. The latest figures reveal 3,100 Enfield households are living in temporary accommodation and that the proportion of those housed are in B&B. George Sava, Enfield's cabinet member for social housing, accused the government of failing to tackle the housing crisis 
and said 400 homeless families were approaching the council every month as the cost of living crisis hits and landlords leave the market. He told last month's cabinet meeting that the council was on the move all the time, trying to find new ways to help people have a roof over their heads. In June, the council agreed a new policy of moving families stuck in hotels away from London and the southeast of England as a solution to the problem. Commenting on the plans for modular homes, Director of Housing and Regeneration Joran Drew said the council was still at the exploratory stage but was very clear that any housing provision has to meet essential space standards, thermal standards and generally have amenities around it that supports family life. And now a uh, gastro article illustrated by a delicious white plate filled with golden hand-cut hand chips and a lovely piece of barbecued sea bass sprinkled with chopped chives, a medley of cabbage, coleslaw and drizzled with fresh lemon. So this article is by Neil Littman and he says he always gets a greeting, a very friendly greeting at this Greek gastro delight. It reads, sometimes good places to eat almost on your doorstep, but sometimes you don't notice them. I've lived in Winchmore Hill for nearly 10 years and passed by Babinondas in Green Lanes many times on bus or on foot, but I hadn't gone in until recently. I finally visited Babinondas on Sunday evening, walking there by way of the new river. From the outside, it looks unlike other restaurants in the area and is best described as classic taverna, my housemate tells me. There are lots of places like this in Cyprus. I remarked to my dining compartment that it was... My, I remarked to my dining companion it was like being in a time warp. But what did impress me was the welcome. A few restaurants make a genuine effort to welcome diners beyond asking, have you booked? But the greeting at Babinondas made us smile when the owner shook our hands and said, nice to see you again, despite never having met us before. On the second visit, a few days later, he said the same again, except this time it was true. We ordered the mini meze, a bargain at £17.95, and, and a good way to taste a bit of everything that they have to offer. The, Greek, the menu offers uh, the traditional Greek Cypriot dishes with approximately seven starters, including hummus, taramasalata, tzatziki, and various salads, followed by a hot extra starter of vegetarian fritters and deep-fried mushrooms. It turned out to be nine dishes in total, and to be honest, it was a bit hit and miss with some dishes better than others. I could have done without the crab sticks. I could, <laughs> I could have done without the crab sticks. The taramasalata was lacking in fishiness, but overall, it felt more like dining with your relatives than a restaurant. And who is really going to criticize their family's cooking? The mains were very good. My friend had the pork souvlaki and I ordered sea bass. Both were served with homemade chips and salad. On the first visit, we drank Kio beer and on the second, we ordered their house wine, which they make themselves and was one of the best I have drunk anywhere. Smooth and not too strong. I forgot to ask if they sell it by the bottle to, as a takeaway, but it is priced at only £16.50 to drink at the table. Our first visit, one of the dishes served was a complimentary plate of olives and pickled vegetables that my friend demolished before I had a chance to take a photo, hence the excuse for another visit and also to make sure my initial impressions had been correct and I wasn't imagining that I was on a holiday in Cyprus. Babinondas is more than a restaurant. Many people hold birthdays or other parties when they are allowed. I was told various Cypriot organisations have monthly get-togethers in the large dining room and there's a Greek night with a special meze menu, a band and the inevitable dancing. 
At the end of the meal, the offer of a free drink and more handshaking with the owner left us very, very happy. The restaurant was busy on both occasions we visited, and that was a Sunday and a Tuesday evening, so booking is advisable at other times. The price for two with drinks, including service, was £54. Babinondas can be found at number 598 Green Lanes, M135RY, and is open Monday to Saturday from 5.30pm to 10.30pm, and Sunday from 12.30pm to 10pm. To book, call 0208-886-1010, or visit, and this is all one word, babinondas.net, and that is spelt B-A-B-Y-N-O-N-D-A-S, And now we have an item about vulnerable young people left without water. A local MP is calling for an investigation after the residents of a housing block said they were left without water for months. People living in Enfield Foyer in Four Street reported being unable to shower, wash their clothes or flush their toilets when the building's water supply failed last winter. Other problems still persist now, including intermittent access to hot water. Residents hope to get compensation but say low, so sorry I'll say that again but say social landlord Christian Action Housing and Thames Water are blaming each other for the problems Enfield Foyer houses 36 young people aged between 18 and 24 who are homeless or are at risk of some homelessness <laughs> excuse me one resident said that when the problem started last November, Christian Action Housing did say something about compensation, but she had not heard anything since then. It was bad, another resident said. They were leaving us with nothing. Key workers in the building could not go to the toilet. They couldn't flush it. A third resident said washing machines were not working. Nothing was working. You can imagine the chaos. Edmonton MP Kate Ossamore said, I'm shocked residents have been offered no rent relief or compensation despite having been forced to live without access to water for months on end. This is a serious incident which the Housing Ombudsman and Water Regulator Ofwat should investigate urgently. Christian Action Housing said the issue started in August 2022 when Thames Water reduced the water pressure in response to the National Hosepipe Ban. But this was resolved last December. The Housing Association said residents were given bottled water and other relevant supplies and added the current problems are caused by a failing water pump. And once the situation has been resolved, we will confirm the compensation payment award. A Thames Water spokesperson said, Our engineers attended multiple call-outs for this site, the most recent in August and June. They found no issues with flow or pressure at the property boundary. A growing platform for Bush Hill Park. Over the last five years, a group of keen locals have been quietly nurturing the garden at Bush Hill Park Station, bringing the platform into bloom. Long-standing Enfielders will fondly remember Bush Hill Park Station for its flower displays, but green-fingered efforts sadly declined over the years. Fortunately, Bush Hill Park Station Community Garden is now an active local group with renewed interests and ambitions for the station. By reviving overground areas and unused patches, the platform is now thriving with pollinators and diverse plants. BHP Station Community Garden is formed by a handful of local residents and as you stroll along the platform, you'll spot the gravel garden complete with apple trees, honeysuckle and geraniums framed by willow fencing. The thriving British wildflower meadow is filled with daisies, campions, poppies, 
bees and butterflies all summer long. And a little further down the newest addition, two raised beds, built from scaffolding boards backed by hedgerows. One is fitted with herbs and flowers, and the other filled with fruits, vegetables and sunflowers. This year, the newly planted vegetable patch has sprouted into life with tomatoes, courgettes, chard, French beans and carrots grown in organic soil by the group's own composter. Lambs counsel over loss of pubs. The campaign for real ale, known as Camera, has accused Enfield Council of not doing enough to protect local pubs after a Pondazen venue was allowed to be converted into a shisha bar and another one permission to become a restaurant. The Picture Palace in Pondazen High Street closed as a pub in 2021 and is now set to reopen as Tiger Bay Enfield, part of a chain of shisha bars that serves food and drink after its owners claimed that this represented continued use as a pub. The ca- but Camera claims that the council has not followed planning rules. A previous application was submitted by Tiger Bay Limited in 2021 for a change of use to a restaurant, which was later withdrawn. The leaseholder subsequently submitted an application to establish the use of the building as a pub with food provision and claimed its plans for a shisha bar serving food would fall into this bracket. The Picture Palace, originally opened as Howard Hall and later used as a cinema, was a J.D. Weatherspoon pub for many years before being acquired by Hawthorne Leisure in 2016, which continued to operate it as a pub serving food before it closed in 2021 after struggling during the pandemic. Enfield Council owns the freehold and Ellie James, Camera's Regional Director for London, said it should do more to protect it. The Goat is now the only pub remaining in Ponder's End but was granted permission to convert it into a restaurant this year. Ellie said public houses are a vital part of local life And the Picture Palace was a wonderful example at the heart of the community where people could come together and socialise. This irreplaceable social value is part of why pubs are protected by national planning regulations and the London plan approved by Enfield Council itself. It's troubling that the council appears to to be unconcerned about the potential use of a restaurant without a full change of the use of the application, especially when they are the freeholders. The Campaign for Real Ale, its local branch, has said it is handing a complaint over to the council over the handling of the application for the Picture Palace and and an unauthorised extension at the site. However, this was not upheld, with the council saying a retrospective application was now being considered regarding the extension and the use of the premises as a shisha bar, and it was confirmed as lawful. Enfield Council and Tiger Pay Limited have, res- have not responded to requests for further comments. Well, sadly, we have reached the end of our programme for this week. Thank you for listening. So, from the team of myself, Denise, Roz, Angela and Bill on the controls, it's... Goodbye! Goodbye. Please remember to turn over your address label in your postal packet, put the memory stick into the packet in a closed position and return it to us as soon as possible in readiness for the next edition. You can now also listen to our podcast by searching for Enfield Talking Newspaper on your favourite podcast app or listen to us on your smart speaker by saying play podcast Enfield Talking Newspaper. Don't forget you can call Diane de Jersey regarding any help you may require in connection with Enfield Talking Newspaper on 07899 854 582. I'll just read that again. That's 07899 854 582. 
The Enfield Talking newspaper will be with you again in one week's time.